You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. This is our post-draft edition, and we are entertained, I think it's fair to say. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Good morning, Doug. This is, this is real. This We're back. It's very real. I walked into the studio this morning and just looking at the wreckage that we had wrought with <laughs> our live draft show, which, by the way, thanks for everyone Thanks to everyone oh, uh, for sticking with us, for going to YouTube and then to Facebook. And we finally got on the air, and it was a really good time. And it seemed like people got a lot out of it. And thank you to all of the the guests that took the time out to share their insight as well. Yeah, that was huge, man. Best best draft night show ever, not just because the picks went the way some would have liked, but I think it was a good time and uh, some great guests, as you mentioned. Let's begin at the Barclays Center, where the Hornets selected Malik Monk from Kentucky with the 11th pick and with the 31st pick, which they picked up in the Dwight Howard deal in exchange for the 41st pick. They traded that, of course. Of course they traded the second rounder, David. It's the second round. This is of what the Hornets they traded do. traded to New Orleans, and they traded to New Orleans, of course. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be. Yeah, you said it on God Twitter. God forbid we go through one transaction now without <laughs> New Orleans being involved. So they move it to New Orleans for the 40th pick which they used to select Dwayne Bacon from Florida State University. David, before we dig too far into this, let's just start with some word association. What are some words that come to mind when you think about this draft for the Charlotte Hornets? Win. Um, Win. Offense. You know, um, one of the thoughts I had going into this was if they would kind of double down on adding scoring, and that's exactly what they did. Um, We can get into that second pick a little bit because, oddly enough, it turned out to be a a big point of contention for a lot of folks uh, later in the evening last night. So um, but that's that's was interesting for me to see, you know, Bacon um, matches the description of, of, I think, another player that we might have seen taken earlier. But he was taken in the second round. You know, he's six, 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 ten wingspan. So a lot of stuff like there. But, yeah, win, offense, scoring. Hashtag get buckets. That's yep, yep. that's my name for this draft. They went out and got two guys. Straight buckets. Calling card. Their business card just says get buckets. No contact hey. information. Don't try to get at me because I'm getting buckets. And, and then that I'm was gonna, their role, right? Like that was yeah. their that was their role in college. That, they were the guy. Here's another one. Plug and play. They uh-huh. they were truthful. They said they wanted to go out and get two players that you could plug into a lineup right away and have an impact. And they both do something similar in their plug-and-play ability, which is go out there and and score the basketball. But it is plug-and-play for both of these players. And then finally, supreme confidence. Oh. They've got two guys in Malik Monk and Dwayne Bacon who, when they have the ball in their hands, they're not afraid. They're not tentative. Oh. Well, and so fear was another word because – these two guys, when you were facing them or your team was facing them, that's who you were scared of, right? You were scared that one of these guys, when you were playing Florida State or Kentucky, that either uh, Monk or Bacon was going to go off on you. And, and it happened. You know, it happens sometimes. So, I mean, you're right. They, they get two scores with scores mentalities. And, you know, that's what we talked about adding, Doug. I mean, not a lot of guys on that roster last year 
that either wanted to do that or, or could do that. So uh, definitely, a, 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 you know, a, an area of need. And, and fans really excited about this pick. And I think there are, are a couple of reasons for that. But I think one of them is what you were just talking about, filling a need. I think mm-hmm. fans recognize that Malik Monk filled a definite need for this team in terms of his scoring ability, in terms of his outside shooting ability, and just in terms of him being an exciting presence, a presence that you do have to keep your eyes on, uh, on the court. And when you have a team that has their starting lineup pretty much you know, squared away and you are looking for depth, if they, but if they had gone out and, and doubled up on a position, I think people would have been extremely disappointed. But they go out and, and they get a guy in Mung, 6'3", 200 pounds, played one year at Kentucky where he earned 2017 SEC Freshman of the Year honors, and he was named to the 2017 All-SEC First Team. And don't worry about him being a freshman because, what, we didn't get to a a senior until oh late God. in the first round. I think, um, I want to say first senior, was, was it Derek White all the way down at 29 to San Antonio? Uh, or didn't end up going? Well, how long did we go before anything but a freshman was taken? 11? 12? Full no, ball Kennard, Kennard, right? Kennard Jackson, was the first Isaac, non-freshman. Neil Aquina. Yeah. No, oh, yeah, you're so right. isn't that crazy? It's nuts. I mean, that's. I mean, not, I guess it's not crazy when you look at where basketball is right now, but that's a lot of young guys coming into the league. Youths. Yeah. All right, let's yeah, go back to but, Monk. He can shoot the lights out. Thirty-nine point seven percent from the field on one hundred and four made three-point field goals in one year. He had six games last season where he had uh, five or more made threes and uh, four games, I believe, of over thirty points, David. So he has that ability to just dominate with his scoring. So uh, now that we've had a night to think about it, though, David, why do you think that Malik Monk fell? Well, a couple of things, I think. One is that I don't know that the fit was exactly right for the teams that were drafting ahead of the Hornets. I mean, I take the t- the top two picks kind of out of it because I think Fultz and Ball were clearly separated from the rest of those guys. But then I think, you know, the next eight uh, in some form or fashion, and I include Monk in that even though he slipped out of that top ten, you know, they had kind of more of a, a clear need. Um, I think the Bulls is an interesting one, though, that they traded back up and then uh, drafted Markkinen where a lot of people had him slotted to the Wolves anyway. Uh, but, like, point guard was a big position of need, so a lot of people addressed that. And then, um, you know, I don't think Monk really fit in exactly perfectly with any of those other teams. But he also thought of it because he's 6'3", right? A little bit slight of frame. And a lot of people don't see him as a starting uh, shooting guard or a starting combo guard. You know, they see him more as a guy off the bench. So if you're picking in the lottery, you kind of want to get a guy who has star potential, which I think he does have. But I think the downside to that is just, uh, you know, his height and maybe his frame a little bit and see, and people were a little bit uh, worried about that. And, and the fact that, you know, you didn't see him create a lot, right? Like he's come out and said he's, he's more of a point guard and he can create offense for other people. But with De'Aaron Fox on the floor uh, last year for Kentucky, uh, you didn't see a lot of that from Monk. So we'll see if that, if that um, you know, matures in his game in the NBA. When he did distribute the basketball, though, I think back to that, um, the dump off that he had against mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina in his 47 point out, you know, output there, scoring outburst. And I just think, like, when he does distribute the basketball, he makes some pretty incredible reads. And it just wasn't his role at Kentucky. But I yeah. think if he's asked to do it, 
I think we're going to see some exciting things and people are going to look back and go, man, why didn't we, why didn't we see that in college? And that happens so many times with Kentucky guys because Calipari brings these guys in and says, listen, I'm going to ask you to do a very specific thing for this team. And then later on, we'll get you ready for the NBA. But, and most college, I mean, most college coaches do that, right? I mean, the successful ones, certainly. Yeah, but they ask them to do very specific things, I think. And then and you look at Fox and Adebayo, same, same kind of deal. But mm-hmm. I think size definitely played a factor, David. But I'm also going to go with this. You had the Chicago Bulls trading up and, and making just a horrible trade with Minnesota, uh, sending Jimmy Butler for Chris Dunn, Zach Levine. And then they sent their pick as well to move up to seven. Just a just an amazingly dumb Weird. trade. And they so they do something stupid and then take Lowry Markinen on top of that. They double down on the stupid. And then Sacramento, I thought Sacramento would take Monk for sure. I I, I understood Fox, you know, they take Fox at five. Do you want the all Kentucky backcourt? Whatever. But I thought they would do it. But then they did the smart thing, probably for their franchise, and and doubled up in a in a deep draft to to get two picks. So you had one team that was supposed to do something stupid and, and did something smart, and then you had one team shocking everyone and then doubling down on on ignorance. And I think that yeah. all coalesced because Rich Cho said at the press conference after the draft that they were unsure whether Monk would fall, and then they got a little more sure that, mm-hmm. that it could be a possibility. And then there was a, a Skype call, apparently, a meeting between the team and Monk because Monk did not work out for the Charlotte Hornets. And we see this a lot with, you know, if you're a, if you're a consensus top 10 pick, especially early on, you, you don't want to work out for Team 11 because that just signals, hey, I think I could be going to 11. You want to keep that idea of you going top 10 alive. And so, the, you know, the agent felt like that uh, they didn't want to work out for the Hornets because of that reason. But then as it became more clear that this could be a possibility, they – you know, opened up the laptops and got on Skype and met. Yeah, we'll see how those trades work out for Chicago and Sacramento, respectively. But as we as it was happening last night and when Sacramento did have the pick, we were looking at it. And, you know, Colin Hoggard and Nada um, Edwards in there with you and me, um, you know, they have Buddy Heal, too, right, out in uh, Sacramento, who they like a lot. So even if they, even if they had kept that pick, I don't know that they would have they would have grabbed Monk. So I think when Chicago, I guess it was the Chicago pick where we really started to see it, and then well maybe the Knicks, right? Because I think he's a he, I think Monk is a possibility in New York, but they went with Frank, and then uh, you know Dallas wasn't going to pass on Smith, and then you had that ten pick, and once Portland uh, slid in there, well th- then it was clear that Monk was going to be there, and that's when all the hand wringing started in the and- studio, and then I think across across Charlotte. And now you have a guy in Malik Monk who showed in his one year at Kentucky that he can dominate a basketball game, that he's got ice water in his veins, and he's just been scorned by several teams. So there's we, gonna, we've got the guy. There's going to be that shoulder. chip on his first, shoulder. Exactly. Yeah, that's the first thing he, he tweeted out with his card last night. I, I, can I say I, I'm in on uh, virtual rookie cards because <laughs> that, that's what was being tweeted out last night. Um, I don't get it. Yeah. Wait, what? What do you mean? Like it's like a rookie card, like a picture. But it's on. Card. It's like, but it's on. It's, it's but it's on social media. Yeah, there's yeah. You heard you've heard of Twitter, right? You're there's, very popular on Twitter. So like people go, go on messages. They have 140 <laughs> characters. <laughs> no, I, I think that's what it is. It was just like I know it was like here's my rookie card. 
here's my rookie card. I mean, there may be a hard copy. We'll see if we can get one. Does it say hashtag um, get buckets on it? <laughs> it says hashtag chip on my shoulder. Uh, Malik um, Monk said when he was but, younger, he watched a lot of Russell Westbrook, David, and he modeled his step back on Kimball Walker. Obviously, Russell Westbrook and Malik Monk are different players physically, but you wonder if Malik Monk is going to have that same kind of dogged intensity uh, that mentality that uh, I'm going to go out here and just kill and murder and maim and pillage, uh, and and add to that the the electricity of Kimball Walker's step back. This could be this could be really. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting for Hornets fans to watch. Oh yes, yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, Doug. You know, they had Kennard on the board there. They had Mitchell, two guys that we know they liked and who were in the running for that pick. But when Monk fell. The, the star potential that I think he has, the scoring ability, because I do think he was the best scorer, the best shooter in that draft, the athletic ability he brings that that Kennard does not, and, and just um, you know the lethal scoring potential he has was too much to pass on, and, and they could not pass up on that. I think all three of those guys are, are going to be contributors and would have fit in pretty well in Charlotte, but they were missing a guy. They've never really had a guy outside of Kimba that could just go get some of those buckets. They could just go take some of those shots that you just don't see going in. I'm not going to compare him to Steph Curry. I'm not going to do that. But, you know, the shot against North Carolina in go the ahead, tournament, the, 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 those two threes, those were the in the ilk uh, of shots, right, that you're like, that's a horrible shot or that's an impossible shot, and, and but you still think it's going to go in. And Monk has that ability, and I think it was too much for them to pass up on. And he has high expectations for himself as well, uh, saying in his interview after being drafted, he wants to be Rookie of the Year. He wants to like get it. to All-Star Weekend for the Rising Stars game. Those are his expectations, David. Uh, knowing where he fits in the lineup or having a good idea of where he fits in this lineup, David, what are your expectations for Monk's rookie year? Well, as far as like uh, the rookie, uh, the Rising Stars game, I mean, that's typically a lot about scoring. So I think he's got a pretty good shot of that because that's that's his game. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, where he fits and like what role he plays. But I think he's going to be asked to score, Doug. They didn't bring him in to play defense. They didn't bring him in just to be a, a spark plug, a uh, spark plug, you know, towel waver on the bench. They brought him in to score <laughs> and to be an efficient scorer and to space the floor. So that's what they're going to ask him to do. I can't imagine he'll be. One. I can't imagine he'll be any worse defensively than than Marco Bellinelli. And they're, oh my si- God. they're similar in that the the defensive knock on them is their off-ball defense. So how how engaged can Malik Monk be on defense? And you think that that being a being a lottery pick and and having that pressure on him and and knowing that how great he wants to be, you wonder if that engagement just starts to hit him, you know, immediately and says, mm-hmm. "Look, I got I got to get on my off-ball defense here and and really buckle down. But I think the important thing to understand about this pick is that you can plug him into Marco Bellinelli's spot and you're gaining just as much as you're losing. You're getting the same confidence. You're getting the same shot creation. You're getting the same tough shot making. You are losing the ball movement that Bellinelli provided and, and the veteran leadership and knowing, you know, sort of knowing the ins and outs of the NBA. Malik Monk will have to take some time to learn that, but you're gaining a more accurate shooter, an immensely better athlete, and someone who can do some things in transition as well, David. We haven't really touched on this at all. But despite the synergy numbers showing that he and De'Aaron Fox uh, were sort of maybe just not amazing a transition, but above average, uh, he was 
when he did have the opportunities to get out into the break, he doesn't have, I don't know if he has like blinding speed, but he just, again, it's, it's that athleticism, athleticism that allows him to find spaces that other guys couldn't find and contort his body in ways mm-hmm. that, that gets him to the rim in a special kind of way. And he can break guys down one-on-one on the move to make up for the fact that he doesn't have the strength to necessarily finish through someone. Yeah, and, and a lot of it looks effortless, right? Or or it looks like it comes naturally to him. And I think that athletic ability is something that's going to be eye-popping when he gets out there on the floor. Um, and and honestly, I mean, like we said, there's not a lot of guys on the roster that, that bring that to the table. And he brings that freakish athletic ability. And that's a lot of the things that we liked in Donovan Mitchell. But he gives you another level of score, like a pro NBA-ready uh, scoring ability, and that's what's exciting because, like we've said, they they desperately needed that. They lost it with Marco, and they had some good fortune on draft night. Can I get that Hornets snapback draft cap? Things looking. I'm sure you can. I'm sure hot. you can. You I like know, that? Huh? I know I can. I've. It's yeah. my. It, it, honestly, I feel like the draft caps are the best caps. I'm a. I don't know if you know this, David, but I am a connoisseur of caps, hats, snapbacks. Yeah. You like your hats. So uh, they were certainly flashy. It's more, yeah, <laughs> they they glimmer. It's yeah. a little bit more neon. It's a color that's not, it doesn't look like, it's it's like a really bright teal. It's very right. different. But I always like those caps because they have the designs on the underside. You like hey, sneakers, hey, you get this. I get it, man. I get it. Hey, um, so real <laughs> well, quick. I think Doug- here's what I think. I think you're looking down on me. As a connoisseur no, of caps, stop it. you're like, uh, no, you listen, sneakers, sneakers are what's, what you collect, not caps. You are, you are lesser it. than, I've, you are lower no, than. You're wrong about that. I've got a nice collection of caps that I've uh, I've whittled down over the years because I had too many. So, no, no. Oh, like well, good, you have a nice, okay, you have a nice collection. Let's get together. Let's compare our collections then. We can do that. We may, maybe send some uh, virtual cards out of, uh, <laughs> I think they're called pictures. <laughs> Hey, real quick though, Doug, like Kennard and Mitchell though. I mean, because a lot of people were high on Kennard. Um, you know, Colin, I think, was Until definitely Mike high was on Kennard. Yeah, but um, you know, he brings the height. Um, I think he brings close to the to the shooting, but I but nowhere near the athletic ability and the explosiveness and the potential um, you know, breakout star um level of of uh, a player yeah. I think that Monk does. I think Donovan to me, Donovan Mitchell was always going to be a role player and and had the ceiling to become a fantastic role player. A starter who was most likely not going to make an all-star game, but was going to be a, a lot like Avery Bradley. Maybe make one maybe sort of have a fluke amazing season and and play in one all-star game but essentially was going to be a very good role player on a very good team. Um, and Kennard, to me, had a little bit of a glimmer of hope to be a star player because of his playmaking ability, because of his creativity, because of the vision that he displayed, uh, and just his feel for the game. But I think of those three players, Monk absolutely is going to be so much better than than the other 10 teams in this draft gave him credit for yeah it's it's exciting okay let's move on to the 31st pick which became the oh, 40th boy. pick uh when the uh, i first want to say this so we were leading up to this pick and i was watching guys kind of come off the board and when the jazz when the jazz traded the lakers for the 29th pick for tony bradley i thought i thought the hornets dodged a bullet 
if they were at all thinking about going with Tony Bradley, I, I didn't like that selection for the Hornets, David. I loved his physical tools, but I was unsure about his basketball IQ after his one year at, at Carolina. And, and his scoring ability, I think, was a big question mark as well. So much was made of his rebounding, but, but so many mm-hmm. pieces were missing, I think, from his game. Stats people love Tony Bradley's performance as a freshman, but this is one where I trusted the, the people who watched basketball a lot. As you were watching, David, was there one guy that kind of came off the board? You're like, okay, whew, the Hornets won't look at this guy. Uh oh, like they dodged the bullet and not selecting him. Um, or maybe a guy, or maybe a guy that came off the board. You're like, damn, because you know Derek White was that for me. I, That's I really, the guy for me. Yeah. yeah, and 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 the Spurs naturally came in there and swooped in there and got him. So he'll be a perennial All Star, I'm sure. Um, I think that was the guy. You know, Ferguson was a guy earlier, but I don't think we really thought he would last. Uh, I knew as soon as picked. you know we were we were um, in the car together when OKC made that pick, and I I just mm-hmm. knew it. I knew OKC was going to. They could not because there's there just wasn't a ton of shooting down at the end of that draft, and OKC needed shooting, and they went out and got it with Terrence. Fer- Terrence yeah, Ferguson. I think that there were a couple guys along there with White that went like uh, around those picks, and I just I cannot. Let me see here. Um, who are some of those guys in the in the latter part? Because there was a couple there. But I think White was the main one. Uh, just, yeah, White. Uh, so White, and then, and then Josh Hart went after him, and yeah, then yep. Frank Jackson was the pick technically for Charlotte, but that would end up going to New so, Orleans for forty yeah. and and cash considerations, which oh, I think got a lot of people on Twitter. It really ticked people off. I mean, people, they were really upset. I, I think they just they don't want their cash and their basketball to mix. They want their basketball to stay pure. Pure of all of all intention, except to become a better basketball team. And look, w- there are realities, I think, and, and realities <laughs> both in both in this is a business, but I also think there are realities in terms of team building that people just don't often want to accept. And I think, look, I, that's it's fair. It, it's fair to it's fair to ask that sure. it's fair to ask that question. But I think it's it would be more fair to ask that question in an off season where it didn't look like the team was getting better. Like the Bulls would always do that all the time. Like they wouldn't make their team better and they would, you know, sell players and draft picks for cash consideration. Then you're like, all right, damn it. Like, what are you doing? Like make the team better. It's not like they traded out. They still got a pick. But I mean, I I get it because look, one of the things that you liked about the Dwight Howard trade was gaining those 10 spots and getting the first pick of the second round because you could really get a guy, one that wasn't on a guaranteed contract, but that could be an immediate contributor. And and this draft was so deep that you could have gotten a guy, and you still may get a guy in Dwayne Bacon, but at 31, right, you kind of had a leg up. So to send that out, I understand the frustration on that. And then I guess when you get cash back, it's like the worst thing ever. I mean, I understand. First of all, like MJ, I don't, I, I don't think he needs the money. I got asked <laughs> about that several times last night on Twitter. And my answer is no, I don't. Um, but you know, billionaires, He's doing stay billionaires. Right. yeah, billionaires stay billionaires, uh, you know, for a reason, but, but this look, was, I um, mean, it's, I think, I think they could only receive, I'll double check this number, but I think they could only receive uh, like one and a half million because each team can only, uh, there's a certain amount that each team can, can accept back in these type of trades. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're like, well, so what was the advantage? If you like a guy at 31, go ahead and take him. Because a lot of interesting guys went off the board after Frank Jackson before uh, 40. I mean, Semi Ojale, I believe, was in that mix, too. That's a guy that we had targeted a little bit for them. So I understand the frustration with missing those guys. Honestly, you wonder how much of it has to do with the fact that the cap went down to 99 
And, you know, and and look, the thing is with the 31st pick, even though it's technically a second rounder, even though it's technically non-guaranteed, so many more of these second round deals, especially in the like top five or 10 of the second round are becoming guaranteed because the second round, it's not like the first round where there's this, you know, you know, you know what you're getting and you know what you're moving out with the second round. A lot of it's negotiations. It's, it's not only do I like this guy, it's, I got to talk to this guy's agent and see if this is right. a place where he would, because it's, it's not a guarantee. If, they, if you give a contract to Derek White, and say, here, this is what we're going to give you. It's not a guarantee that he'll sign it. He could just as well, you know, move on and and you know try to find another team in the in the G League. So that's a good point. That's a good point. There, those those talks happen before the second round picks, right? Like you said, the agents get involved, and it's a lot more about fit. All right, so they picked Dwayne Bacon, six five, small forward, two hundred pounds, small forward, definitely a need in terms of depth for this Hornets team. They need a legitimate backup three. Uh, they see him as a 2-3 combo. He's got a great wingspan, as you mentioned at the top of the show, 6'10". Uh, what are your thoughts on Bacon? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the uh, the, the stats were like that. Of If the Hornets could have you know, drawn up a perfect recipe for a guy they would have drafted, two-way player, can score the ball with ease, uh, 6'10 wingspan, stands 6'6", so it gives them some height on the perimeter. I mean, that's, that's the type of player they were looking for. Um, and, you know, that's a mix of all three of those guys that were in contention at 11 with Monk, Kennard, and Mitchell. None of them really fit that bill, like height-wise and and, um, and wingspan-wise, but I think that really intrigued them, and they got another score. Like, I get it if you're upset with the cash and the trade back and, you know, if, if, if that affects, like, the principle of the whole thing. But look, do you think, I mean, were you that sold on Frank Jackson? Yeah, he would have given you some backup point guard. It was he, Maybe he'll turn out to be a fantastic point guard, but it's like, I was just not going to get too upset after the 48 hours that this team had had after the good fortune of drafting Monk. I wasn't going to get too hung up on missing out on Frank Jackson and trading back, you know, a couple of spots for some cash. It's just like, I don't think that was the time to, to, to stand on that mountain. You know what I mean? I, I totally agree. Dwayne Bacon, a guy with the size and the length to check most threes. And he showed an ability to do that at Florida state, but his engagement on the defensive end of the floor, had a tendency to wax and wane, and his three-point shot uh, could come and go just as easily as well. He he tended to improve that in his second year, and a lot of people thought he was going to come out in year one, decided yeah. to go back and improve some of his mechanics, and, and it seemed like that paid off, but there were a lot of questions about how engaged he could be on the defensive end. Uh, and a lot of this sounds a little familiar to me, David, when I look at his size, his strength, uh, those defensive questions. It sounds... <laughs> Uh, at least on the court, it, it reminds me a lot of PJ Harrison, mm. and they they you know they that didn't work out, uh, but you know maybe they're look they're still looking for that that type of player when it comes to the backup three position. According to Rich Cho, this was a guy that was highly coveted by the team. They thought they could get him at forty, so they felt comfortable uh, getting him there. I want to read a few tweets and a couple of emails before we get out of here. So I, I tweeted out. Um, basically asking everyone why they were really excited about the Monk pick. Brandon saying, big score with big upside. Can't remember the last time we drafted that. That's definitely playing into the fan reaction as well. Just a, a athletic, dynamic guard. Drafting that is something we have not seen the Hornets do, at least in the lottery, in, in, a, in a long time. Uh, Josiah saying, going to make Spectrum Center lit when he gets on a mm. hot streak. Fire emoji. David, um, David Malone, our favorite, saying, 
He's the style. Pay, uh, he's the style player you see around the league and wish we had. Athletic and straight, fill it up, and adds personality to that bench unit. Yeah, he's got a personality. He's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. He'll be a guy that'll be fun for the media, I think, as well. Uh, Daniel saying Kentucky shooters have a good track record too. I remember Doug saying always take the Kentucky player that's available in jest recently. I know he was the top of he's the top of my Shit. big board. I thought I thought that yeah. Aaron saying help displace the floor for Kimba and Nick and also for the bigs and for Nick to be able to play the three. Yeah, I think this is going to uh, it'll be really fun to see Malik Monk when he's on the floor with uh, Dwight Howard uh, maybe closing games out and it'll also be fun to see how he works with Cody Zeller as well. Uh, let's get to a few of these emails, David. I want you to respond to some of these that we've gotten. Uh, J-Dog, J-Money said, I did not want to fool myself when I saw Monk becoming a realistic pick. I was still thinking I'd be happy with Mitchell. I love the way it played out, though. I totally hear Colin Hoggard's concerns about size and defense, but I really feel the offense he can bring outweighs that. I honestly feel like he's a real upgrade from our depth a year ago versus the whole, quote, he's got potential thing, David. Yeah, you know what he brings already, right? The scoring. And a sure exactly. thing. Too, sure thing, and that was too much for them to pass up on. <clears throat> As we said, though, they were going to get a guy there that I think could contribute, but the star potential was uh, was very appealing. Oh, by the way, if you want to hear more about Dwayne Bacon, I posted a draft profile that we did with two guys from Tomahawk Nation, the SB Nation blog, on the uh, Florida State University Seminoles. And it was interesting. It's about five minutes long, and they they really give you some insight into Dwayne Bacon's decision to come back and and what that meant for him. And and I think you'll you'll really enjoy it. It's on our Patreon page, Patreon.com/loh, and I put it up there for free, uh, so it's unlocked. So go there and check that out, and check our Patreon page out, and consider uh, giving a buck a month to help out uh, Locked On Hornets, help keep our hive alive and uh, keep uh, providing this same great Hornets coverage that we do every day for you. Coach Billy, he's back emailing us. Uh, he, he likes this lineup, David Kimba, Monk, Batum, Marvin Williams, and Dwight or Cody. This lineup should start, probably won't, but they will finish games. And here's the kicker. I love this part of Billy's email. He says, he reminds me of Hersey Hawkins. Oh, boy. That's a callback. That is a throwback. Charlotte yeah. Hornets player from 93 to 95, and then he joined the team again for the 2001-2000-2001 season. But he's not wrong. 6'3", Hawkins, was a little ahead of his time with his three-point shooting, developed a slashing game later on in his career that helped him out a lot, but he had to learn that, and I think that's going to be the same for Monk. Monk's going to have to get stronger, like Hawkins did. Um, I'm not sure about Hawkins' defense and, and how that played, but he was you know, small for the two-guard position, David. How do you like the Hawkins comparison? Both fill it up, right? Both fill it up. Both were really great in transition. Yeah. I yeah, love I mean, this comparison. I, think, I mean, Man, Coach Billy. Yeah, I think Monk brings a little more athleticism, if I recall correctly. But 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 don't quote me on that. I don't want to slight uh, Hersey, maybe in his younger days. But oh uh, yeah, no, yeah. I think look, Monk's got a a potential to be a lot better player than than Hawkins ultimately. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying the at least early on, I think that you you can see the similarities. And Hawkins yeah. could pull. I mean, he could pull up. He had that same kind of like he was just dangerous. Like he, he, you, if you left him a little bit of space, a little bit of daylight, Hawkins could pull it up and knock it down. So I just yep. like that comparison. Um, Eric, one more email here. Eric saying, "I didn't. You'll love this, David. 
I didn't appreciate the disrespect ESPN had right before the commercial break when the Hornets were on the clock, suggesting they would select Justin Jackson or Luke Kennard oh. just because they're from North Carolina. Go, David, Both go. Channels. Both channels. I actually went back and watched the NBA TV coverage, and that's exactly <laughs> what was brought up. Not only that, but John Collins was thrown into the mix, too, because Wake Forest <laughs> is in North Carolina. I mean, People can't legit. let it go. No, even though, you know, they, they clearly don't read our work or listen to the show because we've, we've busted that myth. It's it's over. It's done. It'll never die. Oh, man. It'll, I'm it actually, will never I'm, die. I'm actually coming around on it. Let's, we should just embrace it. I mean, it is funny, though. It's like, well, keep your eye on Justin Jackson, you know, the MJ connection. Uh, if also anything, Luke it's Kennard. Midwest now. You've got Noah Vonley from Indiana. You've got Frank Kaminsky from Wisconsin. And now you've got, I think, Kentucky. Kentucky's kind of Midwest. It's like South well, Midwest a little bit. It was also funny last night breaking down the Frank Jackson pick uh, because, you know, these days, like, we know the picks before they even happen. So even before the Hornets drafted Frank Jackson, we had already seen, I had already seen that, A, they were going to draft Frank Jackson, but then they were going to flip him and send him to the Pelicans. But the guys on TV, and look, that's a hard job. It's a long job. Like, it's a lot on the spot, so not knocking them at all. But the entire breakdown <laughs> was about MJ and how he loves to draft guys from, you know, big, big Nothing colleges. Nothing to do with the like fact that, that they need a backup point guard. Right. That, no, it was you like, know. look, he, he loves guys from big schools and that, uh, you know. And now let's go to Jeff Goodman. They're trading this pick. So. <laughs> well... Uh, now, we should, you know what, David, you and I should start joking about the fact that MJ loves to draft players from Midwestern schools. We should just, we should just start that joke. Well, there's now. a new trend. He loves, he loves scores. Just loves, yeah. loves the Midwest, loves scoring, scoring out of the Midwest. Loves Kentucky guys, right? I mean, we'll just start that. We'll start that and slowly we'll build that. And so that, <laughs> that can, that can seep into the, the public consciousness. Um, so David, it was a, it was a fun draft. I think it's, this has been a, a really interesting start to the Hornets offseason. Oh. acquiring Dwight Howard and now Malik Monk. You can't say they're not doing something. I mean, they, they are, some stuff. they are making some moves that are, that, that will, you know, attempt to get them in back into the playoffs. And it seems nationally that people consider these moves well. I was listening to Bill Simmons this morning, who notoriously loves to criticize everything that the Charlotte Hornets franchise and Michael Jordan do. Uh, loved it. Well, he but loves that, Monk, too. He's a big Monk he's guy. All, he's all in for Monk. I also learned that Tate hates Kimball Walker. That's, I, <laughs> that's weird. That's an interesting way to go, but um, hey. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's hard to knock this pick when you see it uh, just because Monk was so highly regarded and he fell right to the Hornets. And honestly, I mean, look, based on history, it felt like something that would slip out of the Hornets and would fall right into Pat Riley's lap, right? But that didn't happen last night. So Monk and Bacon both in Charlotte uh, meeting with the media at 1 o'clock p.m. So we will be covering that and bringing that, some information from that to you tomorrow. No, not tomorrow. Monday. We're going to take a day yeah. off, if you'll excuse us. But if you follow us on Twitter, at Locked on Hornets, you'll get, some, you'll get some quotes, you'll get some coverage from there and some thoughts uh, from that meeting uh, this afternoon. But yeah, I think, I think if, you'll, if you'll let us have a couple of days off, we'll come back on Monday fresh, ready to rock and roll. It's been a long week, David. No more rumors for maybe a couple of days, right? Just We're a couple. 
Just about, just, that's every, a good every, point. That's a good point. I, I, think, I don't put. think they're done. Every, Look, they've got everyone's gonna everyone's gonna stay put for the weekend though. They're they are up against it in terms of the cap. I don't know the exact number, but I can tell you that they are up against it. So I I don't know if we're done seeing the Charlotte Hornets make maneuvers this offseason. Oh, last thing, Doug. Yeah. Um how excited are you to watch this new backcourt or these new scoring guards in summer league? Because I'm looking forward to that. I think these two guys can have a fun trip to Orlando. Orlando, the land of dreams, the land mm-hmm. of scoring dreams. Hashtag get buckets. I'm excited. I'm just excited in general. It's just an exciting yeah. time to be a Hornets fan. They should throw last... Dwight Howard. You think Dwight Howard plays summer league or probably not? <laughs> <laughs> he does it as a joke and then just goes and yeah. like farts on a referee. Um, all right. So here's the thing. I, after the last couple of drafts, David, even the one where they traded out and, and got Marco and that made a little bit of sense, I think we were left after those drafts, if you go back and listen to those shows, confused, trying mm-hmm. to justify things. Trying to, yeah. Trying to figure things out, figure out what was going on in their head. And with this draft, I don't think we're doing that. I think I think what they did makes complete sense. They it was the right pick. It was the right. It pick. was the absolute right pick, and and uh, I don't think you're going to hear much dissension uh, from that. And and however it works out, I think it, it it definitely was the right decision. Hey, thanks for listening to us last night. Thanks for listening to us this morning. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Also Instagram Locked On Hornets. And uh, we're going to be back next week with much more analysis, not only of this pick, but Dwight Howard, what this means for free agency. The Hornets don't have many options, but they're going to have to get creative. So, David, you and I are going to have to get creative as we scour the free agent market looking for prospects uh, that could be value deals. Yeah, point guard. I mean, that is the obvious thing that they're going to have to search for uh, now that they've got their big They've, they've got Johnny O'Brien in the waiting to be that maybe fifth big, and they now have uh, two guards, that two wings, that can really fill up the stat sheet, at least uh, points-wise. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Enjoy your weekend. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.